Good morning, Calvary. So good to be with you today on the start of 2022. What a good day to be together, right? After the last year and what we've been through and just this last week, it's just really good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Singing some praises, yeah. I'm Jay. If we haven't met, I'm one of the pastors. I'm really fortunate to be here on staff, be with you today. Um, In fact, I prayerfully believe it is fitting to look at um, this word hope this morning. It's a word that um, I've had a hard time in my Christian life defining. And I don't know where you're at or where you've been in defining this word, but hope uh, is a really biblical word that I think is really fitting for us today. Sometimes I feel like when I think about hope, I think I feel like I've lost its meaning. I usually say these type of phrases when I talk about hope. I hope the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl this year. I'm a lifelong Cowboys fan, so that's hopeful wishing, isn't it? I hope my kids continue to do okay in school in 2022. I hope Thomas's preaching shirt for 2022 is bright pink. If you're like me, it seems like the cultural word hope seems more like the word optimism. I think in my own life, I've defined the word hope more accurately as optimism. Take this glass, for instance, on the stage. As you look at the glass, are you a half-full or half-empty individual? What happens when it gets completely empty? Mm, that is so good. What then? As we look through the scriptures and as we look through actually Romans 5 today, I think Paul is going to define hope for us in a really important way. Although it's been true in my own life, I've come to see the new definition of the word hope. A definition not defined by culture awareness, but solidified in the word of God. I'm hoping, see what I did there, that today the people of Calvary Bible Church can find great comfort in the biblical definition of hope. The most important thing you'll hear from me today is this. Optimism is based upon my view of the world. Biblical hope is based upon what God has done and will do in the world. There's a great difference. Biblical hope is grounded in a real future. Again, I've been assured that I'm setting myself on a secure future. One pastor has said it best, the consequence of not living biblical hope is a life excessively anxious. Let me slow down for a few seconds to pause and ask you two really important questions. Do you connect with this? Have you been anxious What do you perceive to be the cause of such worry and anxiety? We're going to pick up in a middle section of Paul's writing. Very strange to pick up in a middle section, but that's what we're going to do today. Because we do, let's remember a few things about Paul. Paul was a religious elite turned gracious follower of Jesus. He had a transforming encounter with Christ on the road. In fact, He was defined by uh, this one fact of Jesus Christ. He was 
crucified, buried, and raised on the third day. And that defined Paul's life. They were Christians in the area that Paul was writing to in Romans. And these people, we shouldn't forget, were marginalized, persecuted, culturally strange people to those around them in Rome. Around Paul's time, there was also these great words that were being used in the early church. And the sayings were this, faith, hope, and love. Paul clarifies them, and we've been clarified because of Hobby Lobby, right? Putting them on everything, from pictures, pillows, to candles. These words are everywhere in our culture. Paul carried along with the Holy Spirit really defines them well in the New Testament. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he describes what biblical hope is rooted in. Just as the scripture readers read this morning, join me again, pick up your Bible. If you don't have one, there's one in front of you, and it's open up together, Romans 5. It's in the back half of your Bible, three quarters of the way. It's considered probably one of the pinnacle writings of Paul. It's one of the most defining letters that he wrote about our faith. And in Romans 5, he says this, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have obtained access by faith in the grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we rejoice in our suffering knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We learn four fundamental truths about biblical hope from Romans 5. Hope is the source of strength for believers because it is grounded and God's work through Jesus Christ. It is grounded in God's work through Jesus Christ. Look back to verse one. It says, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Like always, Thomas is great at reminding us of this. We need to stop and ask the question, what is the therefore? Therefore. Just as Paul has concluded a discussion in Romans 4 that faith is required for right standing with God. As equally important in Romans 4, faith is put in a person, Jesus Christ, who was raised from the dead, the great resurrection. Paul continues this idea right here in the following verses, connecting the dots, that we have been justified by faith. Let's pause here. For a second, explore these two words, justified and faith. Justification means this. God's declaration from his position as judge over all the world that someone is right despite sin. On the account, the death and resurrection of Jesus, the demands of the law of God are met and believers are granted the status of being righteous or legal standing in the sight of God. That's N.T. Wright's understanding when he talks about justification. If we explore the word faith, Martin Luther, the great reformer, said this, faith is living, 
full trust in God's grace, so certain of God's favor that we would risk death, death a thousand times trusting in it. Simply put, Calvary, faith is trusting in God and all that he has done and all that he has promised. The result of being justified by faith is that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. From Paul's writing, we get the first part of what it means to have hope based upon a relationship to Jesus Christ. Though being justified as a result of having faith, as an instrument of death, we get peace because of that thing up here that we celebrate even this morning with the Lord's Supper we have peace with God. It's an amazing reality that you and I get to live in. So let's imagine I see this cup, instead of representing optimism, represents hope, biblical hope. And as we understand biblical hope, the glass gets a little more full, doesn't it? That because of our right standing with God, because of the work of God, you and I can have hope. Another fundamental aspect of biblical hope is this. Hope is the source of strength for believers because it's towards, it looks towards a future reality. Let's jump back into Romans 5. Verse 2 says, Though through him we have attained access by faith and the grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. For Paul, he wants us, those living in Rome, and for us living 2,000 years later, to know since we've been justified by faith, we have access into grace. And that wasn't good enough. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. If you look back on verse 1, the affirmation is parallel. We have peace with God. That is to say, as one commentator mentions, peace is our present standing with God and hope of glory points to our future standing. So not only do we have past, present, but we also have future hope. Biblical hope is not an uncertain wish of future realities. It's not wishful, wishful thinking, fictitious longing of someday. As believers, we have confidence that God makes all things new. He prepares a place for us, and we wait for eternity with him. Biblical hope is the confident expectation of God's promises will happen. All things considered, biblical hope is the heart and core of the Christian assurance of salvation. Do you know you've been assured? Do you know that you have a place that is solidified? And it's not based upon what you do. It's not based upon what I do. It's based upon what God has done. The question becomes, do we, do we find ourselves resting in this hope? Do you find yourself resting in the future reality? Do I sense in my own story that I'm longing for something better that has been solidified in someone else, namely Jesus Christ? The future glory helps continue to fill in the definition of hope. All right, now the third fundamental truth made possible in Paul's mind is this. 
Hope is a source of strength for believers because God himself produces it within us. Follow me back to three and four, Romans three, Romans five, three and four. Not only that, but we also rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance and that endurance produces character and character produces hope. As you read this, some might think that Paul has lost his mind at this point, right? You might be asking, how can suffering lead to hope, Paul? How many of you have made a New Year's resolution? How many of you made a resolution not to make a resolution? (laughs) Let's just say you did make a resolution to sign up for a local 10K this year in 2022. Maybe the Boulder Boulder in May. And start training. It wouldn't be recommended to go from couch to a 10K. So not to sign up and to sit on the couch, eat the potato chips, and wait till May to run the Boulder Boulder. No, you start now. First week, you run 10 miles in seven days. Second week, you run nine miles. Third week, you run 11 miles. You solely step up between running and rest those mileage to compete in a 10K. Some aspect of this is in the text that Paul is mentioning. God himself slowly builds up our endurance. He slowly builds up our endurance. He doesn't give us anything we can't handle, but solely builds up those muscles to help produce endurance to character and from character, hope. Yet let me ask you this question. What in your life is hard right now that God wants to meet you at, form you, or complete in you? Sometimes, most times, And suffering and hardship, it's hard to realize that God uses everything in our lives to produce endurance, character, and eventually hope. Let me be very clear. God does not cause our suffering. Broken world, broken relationships, and sin all cause suffering. But God does does use all the material we give him in the redemptive purpose. Paul reminds us that we can rejoice. If Paul has lost his mind, he can rejoice, not because the suffering is easy, but in an indirect way, suffering can increase our hope because God himself produces hope in our lives for his glory. You know, I've, I've shared with this before in the last two years, but as I look back in the spring of 2020, when I was personally struggling with depression after the lockdown of the pandemic, I can see now, looking back, not while I was in it, but looking back, God uses those dark days to show me that the difference between living in optimism and biblical hope. That's one of those lessons I took in those dark days. And like this glass of water, God uses redefining my understanding of what it means to live in a new reality, on one in which God works and produces within me. And so I can be assured that God himself is forming something within me. Endurance to character and eventually to hope. The fourth and final fundamental truth of biblical hope is this. Hope is the source of strength for believers because 
We live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come with me as we come with me into the final verse of this little section here. Verse five, and hope does not put us to shame because God love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Again, for Paul, hope is not a well wish for it does not put us to shame. It does not disappoint because from his own words, God's love has been poured into our hearts. Not only do we have the assurance of this reality of his work in our lives, not only do we have the assurance of a future work, not only do we have the assurance that he's producing something within us, he deposits himself within us as we produce, as he produces biblical hope. The most compelling evidence of biblical hope I can share today is this. We are given the Holy Spirit, a Holy Spirit which fills our hearts, a filling of our hearts that is rooted in God's love for us. Just as Jesus reminded us in John that he had to leave us in order to bring something even better to us, the Holy Spirit, that you and I get to live in a new reality. If we've been justified by faith, if we surrender to God's future glory, and as we get defined in our suffering by endurance, character, and hope, we get this Holy Spirit to guide, to comfort, to make things clearer to us, to open up God's word and to discover that we aren't the only ones. I can't imagine, but back in Rome, when Paul was writing this letter, these Christians were going through pandemics, political upheaval, persecution, disinformation, misinformation. And Paul reminds them that we have hope. Paul also reminds the believers in 2 Corinthians to another pocket of Christians. 2 Corinthians 1, it says, And God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us, that word anointed means to set apart, to make us holy, to make a special delivery to us. And he who has put us, and sorry, and he... No, and who has also put his seal on us and gives us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. When's the last time I thought about the Holy Spirit in my life? Over the Christmas break, when was the time I realized that there was actually God within me as a guaranteed that he would never leave me or forsake me, that he would never abandon When's the last time I realized that God was using the Holy Spirit to define me, to build character? I believe one of the greatest tragedies of the modern, modern Christian walk is this, is that we don't know that we have guarantees in Christ through the Holy Spirit. If we are in Christ, he has anointed us and put a seal on us and it's as if we are royal, but we would rather hang out in the slums. We don't know who we are. 
We don't know what power we have. The declaration of the gift of the Holy Spirit only not only guarantees our salvation in Christ, it provides the means of living with Christ today. In chapter 8, the idea is explored, but in chapter 5 here in Romans, Paul wants us to live with hope. In order to live with hope, we must explore the blessings found in Christ that are given to the people of God by the Spirit. Oh, Christian, oh, Calvary Bible Church, the Holy Spirit is here to lead us into the inner life with God. But that doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop. Then we were led by the Holy Spirit to the outer life with God, life with fruit, producing trees of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. A day-to-day reality of self-sacrificial living because the love of God has been poured out to us, given us abundance of hope. The major question that I'm curious about this morning is this. Are my present circumstances defined by my reality or God's reality. And as we think about the Holy Spirit given to us, it doesn't only just fill up the glass to the top. It actually overflows in abundance. And this is the reality of our hope, is that we continue to live in abundance with Christ, even though our present circumstances might be hard, and difficult, and even hard to imagine to endure. We get to live in abundance. Abundance, because it's not about my view of the world, but at God's reality of what he's doing now and what he's doing in the future. And that is biblical hope. A hope that overflows because it's not reliant upon me. It's reliant upon Jesus Christ. One of the greatest things that happened in Romans 5 and in Paul's life was the resurrection. And because of the resurrection, because of the historical account of a man crucified, buried, and raised on the third day, we have hope. Abundance of hope. Not because of what I am doing in the world, but what God is doing in the world. And so when we look at the cross and when we look at the reality of how God sees the world, you and I are invited in to this life that is overflowing. Overflowing. Because it's not based upon me. It's based upon God. Let's pray. Jesus, you are so good to us. So kind to us. Before we were formed in our mother's womb, before the universe was made, you knew our story. You know our day-to-day, the realities of who we would be, what we would see and go through. 
And as a people of God, Jesus, may you meet with us and may you guide us into the reality of the difference between optimism and hope. That we would be a people filled with your Holy Spirit that we would meet with you in 2022. That we see what you're doing in the world and that you would walk with us in that reality. And Jesus, for my friends who are still struggling, may you meet with them. May you meet with them in the whispers. May you meet with them in their community. May you meet with them in your word to bring them great hope. A hope that is built upon you, Jesus. And we are so grateful for that. Thank you for all the blessings we have in you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.